Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I am sitting with Therese Merza, an eclectic, beautiful artist mm-hmm. who has created the cover for Artslandia's upcoming annual mm-hmm. magazine. Thank you so much for coming today to oh, talk. Susanna, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure oh, to be here. Yeah, the feeling's <laughs> mutual. It's, uh, it's really fun to meet a visual artist in person. You know, lovely, you're especially me- in audio. Yeah. This is an audio meeting. <laughs> you're, the medium is just you were you I, putting a face with art mm. with visual art is is fun and interesting. Great, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, so tell me what inspired you for the annual cover? You know, this cover is something that Misty found. Mm -hmm. So I work, um, a lot in color. Mm -hmm. It's mostly what I'm known for. And then I often, when I'm working in color for a while, I'll need to take a pause and work in what I call limited palette work. So Mm -hmm. I'll kind of quiet the color and just focus on shape. And even though there's limited palette, there's a lot that goes on within that palette. So mm-hmm. I enjoy the the challenge of the restriction and the sort of what the more stark, um, the stark experience. And uh, that's what Misty found. She found mm-hmm. there was a series that I had done, I'm not sure, last year sometime around the winter time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she found those and got excited about them. And had you met Misty prior to I that? I had not. I knew about Artslandia, obviously, mm-hmm. and I knew her name. Mm-hmm. But when I got the email, I was like, oh, what's this? It sounds interesting. And then she said that, you know, they had to go. There was a whole behind-the-scenes process that happened, and I felt real honored to be a part of it all. Yeah, it's wonderful to see a woman like Misty oh, uh, yeah. really championing artists, myself included. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Even when she came to the studio, she has such a bright, bright, bright spirit. Mm-hmm. And I felt really welcomed and I met, I've met some of the staff and it's just been, it's been a wonderful experience. Hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you stay inspired in your work? And do you have a, a daily process that you, that you partake in specific ways of waking yourself up, mm-hmm. you know, physically and mentally? Mm-hmm. I, um, so at this point, the painting practice is so integrated Mm -hmm. in my life. I'm lucky to be able to make my living as an artist and, you know, that's come over time. I've always had different sorts of jobs that, um, that supported the work. Mm -hmm. And so now the job of, you know, letting people know that the work is in the world Mm. is, um, is part of the job. So that's like running the studio Mm -hmm. or doing the administrative work, like every artist knows. And then the other part of it is, is actually painting the work. Mm. And, you know, I'll say that even through the ups and downs, I've been doing it for about 18 years, Mm. about maybe eight or so. The time gets a little funny, um, full time. And, you know, there's a way that I keep coming back to the pure, and I don't use this word lightly, joy of get the paint on the surfaces. Mm. The, like the actual paint is something that in the quietest moments when there's, you know, when there's cash flow, when there's no cash flow, when there's lots of promotion and I feel, you know, sparkly and in the world and mm. other ways where I'm like, hello, does anyone know, is anyone out there? <laughs> As a lot of us know, mm. a lot of artists know, right? We go through the ebbs and flows and you have to learn to build capacity for that. I mean, mm. that's a, that's a muscle just like anything else, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm actually in my studio when, you know, that's quiet and there's not a lot going on, do I still have joy in the actual painting? And that answer is yes, Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. There's a daily, 
you know, gratitude. There's a daily thankfulness that this is what I get to do. And then my job as a, you know, as an artist who's also committed to interacting with people and getting the work to people and giving them an opportunity to be inspired by the work is that, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole world to like actually do that sometimes called promotion and marketing and all of that. So. It's so interesting because I have a friend, Tim Stapleton, who's mm-hmm. also a scenic designer and mm-hmm. a resident artist at Artist Rep where I'm a resident. Mm-hmm. And Lately, I've been walking into various friends' homes and seeing his work, and I just was thinking about you in that way. Here you are in people's homes, and people are engaging with a part of you. Yeah. I've talked to musicians about this, you know, the way music enters the body, you know, because Mm -hmm. bones move and vibrate inside. You're inside people's world. Major. Major. I don't take that lightly at all. It's a huh. very, very intimate process. Yeah. Especially when I do commissions. Mm. A big part of my work is commission work. And mm. when I am commissioned to do a painting for someone's bedroom, someone's living room. Wow. So, I mean, it. I take it very, very um, seriously. It sounds too serious of a word, but yeah. it's like I take it. There's a lot of reverence there's to some, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So there's the, there's the details of like the color palette and I, you know, I have color cards that we will throw out on the table and we look at colors and we'll look at size and we'll Mm. look at like, you know, where's it going to be installed? And we look at all the kind of details of that. Mm. But then, you know, I listen to what that painting is, um, like what they want it to do. So Mm. for in a bedroom, like typically we'd want it to feel calming, Mm. you know, I'm not going to put, um, most people, you you know it's mm. a big world okay. lots of people <laughs> lots but of bedrooms t- lots of bedrooms and all sorts so of things that go on totally within. right so i will backtrack on this <laughs> and say whether someone wants a very stimulating <laughs> painting or they want a very calming painting yes. that could be for their kitchen their bedroom or their living room we yeah. don't know people it's a wide world it's so interesting you know, that engagement process with a visual artist, and I've really never thought about it. I have quite a few paintings at my house, mm-hmm. many of which my dad left to me, and, mm-hmm. and I remember meeting the artist and thinking about, oh, it would be fun to write her and tell her where the paintings are now after all these years. Oh, and- you totally should. I get <gasps> I get notes. It's one of the favorite parts of my job is really? I get notes from people. Mm-hmm. We'll, um, we're working on um, a page from my website where... Uh, whenever people send in shots mm-hmm. from the, I always ask people to send me a shot. Like if I've, mm-hmm. and I work, I have small works on paper mm-hmm. that are available to people. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I work very large too. Mm-hmm. But when people send me those shots from mm-hmm. their room, I mean, my God, it's the best. I bet. It's the best. And I get a little like, or I'll like randomly someone from years ago, I'll get a note from them that'll say, Hey, you know, this painting is just bringing us so much joy. Or we moved it from this place to this place, or we moved it to this house or, you know, you know, our daughter took it off to college or something oh. like that. Oh, I love all that. Oh, that's love amazing. I, just, that. I didn't, I never really mm-hmm. thought about that. Mm-hmm. So what are you working on right now? I'm currently working on, um, a series of paintings for an upcoming show at Luke's frame shop. Oh, right. Now that's yeah. September 1 through the 30th, which yep. is We're going to open on the 7th, mm-hmm. right? We're mm-hmm. going to open on the 7th. And oh, Luke's is one neat. of the best little known getting better known places to show uh, like an uh, to show work here in Portland I think Mm -hmm. and I often I've been in partnership with Luke's for a long long time and 
whenever I have something that, like an, a show that I'm interested in, like trying out, mm -hmm. I will um, ask for ask for a show. It has to be considered for a show there. And mm -hmm. so I've been. Most of my work is, um, you know, big, colorful, abstract work, or like we said, this limited palette work with mm -hmm. more of the black and white and grayscale. And I've been playing around the last number of years with a concept around four-letter words. Huh. So the that that as its source being. Um, everything from knuckle tattoos, uh -huh. four by fours knuckle tattoos, to four letter words being known as bad words, oh. and really kind of using that as a source, but almost um, inverting that to to have them be encouragements and, you know, um, sort of delights. So, you know, mm -hmm. some of the things we're playing around with are like, you know, um, make cake or um, stay true, or so some of so these will be large graphic words mm. and some visual words. And I'm working on um, on stretched canvas, which mm. will also be something different. I often work on stretched canvas mm -hmm. or on paper. Mm -hmm. So this will be this is another medium for me to play around with. So the canvases will be very loose um, and attached to the wall. So it's going to be a fun show. I'm pretty That's excited. Cool. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. What's so fascinating about words in art, at least for me, when I see is that words have an instant you get a gut punch from a word that's right and so then as an artist you know do you go with the gut punch that's do right. you come up against it it, that's right. it always provides it kind of like you're talking about earlier about this parameter or these boundaries right and and how we you know can get past these ideas we have that's right that's right. That's and really when fun. you restrict it to, like, I could overdetermine it by writing, like, a whole essay mm -hmm. about what cake means to mm -hmm. me as a metaphor mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But if we just have, if you're represented as the viewer with, um, you know, take more cake, you have an opportunity to have your own experience of what that is, which I hope, because of the way they'll be painted, will be delight, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about this. The world is burning. Yeah. You know, the world is burning. And we have so many opportunities every minute of every day to connect with each other mm -hmm. locally, yes. right? Because right now the world is not burning in this beautiful studio. Not when that's we're not looking happening. at each other's eyes. That's right. And we're connecting. Mm -hmm. So that's real. Mm -hmm. And the suffering is real, right? Yes. So my, I know there's, there's a lot of artists that are committed to reminding people of the suffering mm -hmm. and those that's real important. Mm -hmm. And it's not my work. My work is to remind people that there's also <gasps> connection Mm. and we're alive here together. Yeah. I have been reading this book for quite a while because it's kind of long, called <laughs> Figuring by Maria Popova. Oh, yes, I know her beautiful work. I love writer. her work. I love her brain mm -hmm. pickings. Me too. Blah. I love it's her just, brain. Oh, I love it. <laughs> she just goes around yeah. in the world the way I want to, yeah. which is, oh, that's interesting. Yes. It's yes kind of yes. Mr. Rogers, I think. You know, yes. Who made that? Yes. Where, where do they live? Let's that's go there. Right. That's right. And... um. In the book, I believe it's Emily Dickinson, and then this, the, the the theme of the nightingale singing the song with the thorn pressed against her mm. breast. Oh yes. So that's a total paraphrase. Yes. Um, look it up yes. because I'm. It's a great quote. Yes. Uh, but I just love that. I heard yes. that on my way in today. It's beautiful. And I, it just it's because I'm kind of struggling right now to be honest yeah. with um the weight of it mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. you know every news channel and mm -hmm. um it's it's breaking my heart 
And I agree, we're still here. Mm -hmm. I still, you know, come in say, hey, morning, Mike. Right. You know, and and life just kind of keeps rolling. Right. But life is, is this suffering is just, it's all right beside us. Right, right. I was talking to some um, students. I do mentoring with people. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to, I had a couple sessions yesterday and we were, it came up, mm. you know, because um, as of this recording, we um, we know of, um, I'm sure there's lots of other shootings that have happened, but we know of these two mass shootings that have happened over the weekend mm-hmm. in, in the U.S. And what, what, you know, one of my students was crying, her heart's breaking. Yes. And what I reminded her of is that there were a lot of people helping mm. on site there mm-hmm. just because we weren't there in this room. Uh, or she wasn't there. We don't. I don't live in El, El Paso, mm-hmm. but I know people who were there and who were help helping. Mm-hmm. We so. But there is. It's a chance for us to connect to our own compassion to be like, oh, because I said to her, if something happened out in the hallway right now, even if we have something out happened out here mm-hmm. on on the street, mm-hmm. we would be helping. Yes, we would be figuring that out. We would be with the people. We holding people. We'd be calling people. We would. So. It part of it is an opportunity, and it's you say about um, the Fred Rogers thing because it's it's good for us to remember that other people are also helping, even if we don't see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to use a blanket word: the media, mm-hmm. which we know is a very complicated enterprise. Mm-hmm. But you know, part of it is to keep us stimulated yeah. in a way that you know we're worried and and concerned, and that which is good. We want to be concerned, but mm-hmm. we also there's stuff happening right here with us. Yeah, so that's what we. We have an opportunity to do that. I'm I'm all, I'm fascinated by grief, and I have been mm-hmm. since my dad oh, died in yeah. 2011. And yep. and I feel that when you take in the gravity mm-hmm. of this world, it also it gets a Wizard of Oz on you, where it goes Technicolor, <laughs> right. where oh, you know, oh my gosh, that awesome show um, Fleabag. Beautiful. Where yes. I'm also going to poorly paraphrase this, <laughs> but it was something to the effect of her dad saying to her. Love hurts you so much because you're so good at it. Right. That's right. Oh, and it just... That's right. Gets, strikes me such a chord. Right. You know, because if you're going to love this hard, the world... That's your, right. Your work... That's right. It's going to hurt. Yeah. And, and the, the invitation is to keep going. Yeah. Because what happens mm. is we hurt, and then if you keep on going, it mm. opens up again. That's what's so awesome. It's like <laughs> I've, I've heard there's a um, lots of people talk about this. Um, Anne Lamott talks about it. Rob mm. Bell talks about it. But this idea of the cynic, mm. the cynic like touches their toe into the you know the grief and the burning and says, "Oh, it's so terrible." Yeah. And those of us who go through it and live in it and help and do our work in it and keep on going, we're like, "Oh my God, it's way worse than you could even." Even imagine, <laughs> come into it, be in it, right, and walk it beside people in yes, it. Yes, it doesn't last forever. Keep going. You will, you will notice the breeze blowing. You will notice a flower. You will notice some kid laughing. Mm. You will notice your, you know, some fuzzy sweater you have on. You will notice mm. your eyes of a lover. You will notice that, and then it will get terrible again. Yes. And then you will notice the good again. We can guarantee it's going to get terrible again. It's always, it's all <laughs> that, right? So keep going. Yeah. You know, come, come in, and then keep going. And it, as a public service announcement about anyone you know that is really facing grief, mm-hmm. just walk beside them and words mm-hmm. are overrated. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> Go see great... Therese's work. Yes. Come see my work. It's a, My studio has been a place of refuge for people. It is for me mm. and it certainly is for other people. I have people request often um, just to come and sit. 
in the mm-hmm. studio. They may be going through grief. I may or may not know that story. Mm-hmm. I do regular open studios. You know, I work a lot. I'm in the Ford building. This is good to say. I'm mm-hmm. in the Ford building, which mm-hmm. is just in um, in uh, Southeast mm-hmm. at the corner of Division and um, Southeast 11th. It's a giant, oh, big super brick building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the second floor there. And, you know, I have work that's out in the hallway. So even if I'm not there or the doors open, our doors closed, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of work outside. Oh, neat. You know, I have handmade um, business cars people can take. You can take as many as you want. Huh. I've got, you know, small works for, you know, nominal fee, keep the artist's lights on, you know, and I've mm-hmm. got larger work if you, you know, so that's like, that's the, that's a commerce part of it, but there's also just to come and be with the work. It's mm-hmm. very powerful mm-hmm. to be with, um, with handmade things, go to the museum, go walk around, see something that has been made or mm. grown by other humans. Mm-hmm. And you'll be, you'll remember that, that we're here together. Mm. Yep. I love that. That's really cool. So my goodness, there's, when I looked at your website, well, A, I just what's sticking with me is that you played the accordion when you were little. I did. <laughs> I totally did. Total U-turn here. Yes, I know. I love it. Well, but there's also accordions. <laughs> this is the thing. There's grief. Father's died. My dad died too. Like you're in the club, you know? Right. Like, so get out your accordion. Yes, totally. It's like, it's a, this is the thing I think that we're talking about too. It's like, you know, having a father or a parent pass, it's mm. a very common experience. It yes. happens to a lot of people, mm. but when it happens to you, it's very specific. So same with this. Yeah, artwork. There's lots of artwork in the world. But when you get to really look at something that someone made, it's very specific. Yes. So accordions. Accordions. (laughs) So now here's funny is that I know you're Ukrainian or Mm -hmm. of Ukrainian descent. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. And my best friend was Ukrainian Mm -hmm. and is. She Mm -hmm. continues to be Mm -hmm. Ukrainian Mm -hmm. uh, and was also playing the accordion. Of course. And back in the day, her mom told her, maybe Mm -hmm. she'll listen to this, that'd be funny, uh, (laughs) uh, that she would get to have a job at Disneyland. And, you know, because back in the day, Mm -hmm. accordions were being used at Disneyland, probably no longer. Um, but I remember shame. my best friend standing on her bed. Mm-hmm. I hope her mom's not going to listen to this. Um, and she would say, hold her arms up as high as she could. And she would drop her, <laughs> you, her accordion on the floor. <laughs> hoping, but you know, you can't break an accordion. You can't. No. Either, I, I don't think I've ever heard of an accordion being broken. No. Ever. Right. So this how long did you play? Strap. It was just my dad. So my dad played accordion. My dad mm-hmm. grew up in Pennsylvania in the coal hills there. And he eventually became um, a music teacher, a public mm-hmm. music teacher, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a high school music teacher. And, but it was just my first instrument. Mm. Like he played a bunch of instruments and it was just the sort of thing that you just, it was a, it's a tiny little picture. I mean, a tiny little accordion. There's mm-hmm. a picture of me and him. I think I, I don't know if I have it on my Facebook thing. I should probably post it on the Instagram we should or have probably it. put it up for this web. Oh, that would be, podcast. oh, that'd be great. I'll yeah, do that. Yes. It's it an, me. it's a beautiful photo and my little feet, I think I must be three or something. My little feet are sticking out oh. and I'm like looking at him <laughs> with this accordion and it was like a kid size oh. for sure. But yeah, and it was, there was a beautiful expectation that you would just noodle around on it. I mean, it didn't seem, so cool. you know, it was pretty cool. There's, there is a certain confidence that happens with, you know, a parent, you know, both encouraging and expecting you to just to kind of figure it out. And you have a, a really strong music background, theater. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you've done so many things. Yeah. How, do you incorporate those into your visual art now? I mean, it's all a part of you, so it must be. I think so. I mean, I think that I was exposed to creative 
expression for lack of a better word, like mm-hmm. creative isness yeah. from the very beginning. Uh-huh. And and also to people who are very practical about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean I come from, you know, people who worked their whole lives, who had jobs, who were, you know, also creating. My mom was, you know, creative in the kitchen and in mm-hmm. the home. I'm and also she could make anything out of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there was you know, these clothes in the store, she was like, oh no, I can make that. And, you know, my dad was, um, you know, very creative and did all kind of composing and, and all of that. And was also a high school music teacher. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a very practical kind of job. I mean, I had jobs, you know, in libraries and jobs I've been working since I was 15, Mm -hmm. I mean, always. So it's a different way to incorporate creativity into your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, then I was going to study music and I ended up going to a state college and I was going to a, an audition for um, an oboe audition. I had done some theater in high school, some mm-hmm. musical theater, of course, as <laughs> one does. Um, I had a very loud voice and that was helpful. Yeah, I know. I, get that. I know. We're in the club. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and sort of naturally project in. So they were like, you, you, get on, get on stage. So that was super fun. But what I loved about that and what I learned also about being in, at an early age, being in um, orchestras or bands or any of that was the ensemble, mm. right? So you're doing your thing and then you have to learn your part, but you also have this experience of being with other people, yeah. which I can imagine what's sports people have. I was not, I was Mm. like a swimmer. I did like individual things, but what I've heard from people who pay team sports, it's like that. Like you're kind of always have your eye out for your player, your people on your team and you've got people, you've got people, you have a thing, you're, you know, that I've always loved. So instead of, um, studying music in college, I ended up going to this theater audition. My memory of it Mm. was that it was a rebellious act where I had my little oboe (laughs) and I was going to my audition, but I didn't go to the audition. I went to this other audition and then, (laughs) I know. And then they were like, who, we want to cast you. Who, this was like a summer, this was like the summer before a semester started, right? Uh, I was like a freshman. uh, I was about to go into school. uh, And they were like, who are you? We want to cast you, but you have to be a major, this is like a major main stage show. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll be a major. <gasps> so, because it seemed fun. I was like, well, it's all kind of the same. I, I was, it. I'm in the fine arts building. Mm-hmm. That seems fine. Right. So it's I, fine. It was arts. fine. Exactly. It's <laughs> fine and fine arts. I love that. <gasps> yeah. So it felt like, again, I'm, I was with a bunch of creative, really smart people uh-huh. who were working really hard and I got to do all kinds of interesting things there for that program. Uh-huh. So yeah. So, so my degree, my undergrad degree is in theater arts, mm-hmm. but I also like, what, what do you learn when you do that? We learn vocal stuff. We learn body stuff. We learn scene stuff. We learn writing, you know, I ended up really doing communication. Mm-hmm. So that kind of performance I loved mm. And I loved a lot of, I love writing and all of that. So once I got out of school, I got, a, I had a fair amount of opportunity to um, write plays and have them produced and all that. But hmm. I realized that this is very fundamental. I was a morning person, not a night person. <laughs> That so, is so interesting. <laughs> so I did not know. It uh-huh. would take many decades to realize that theater people can also be morning people. You just do it have to do a different kind of theater. Yes. But hello, it was the 80s and we were kids. And so everyone was up in the middle of the night doing things. And right. I was like, people... I want to go to bed. <laughs> so, so I ended up really writing for a number of years and huh. taking book jobs in bookstores and doing administrative, uh-huh. you know, assistant work and whatnot so that I could write. And then as that progressed, I did poetry and mm. got some things published and again, had some beautiful success with that, mm. but I missed the performance. Mm. 
So, you know, there were the books. They're mm. beautiful. Who's going to see them? I mm. loved the quiet of that and the intimacy of that. Mm-hmm. So something happened where I, um, you know, I had one of the heartbreaks in, in your life where you think it's going to kill you, mm. you know, the early 30s. Mm. Mm. Oh, if they knew. <laughs> we love you all. Keep going. Keep um, going. Yes, keep going. <laughs> that won't be it, but I know it feels like it. Um, so, but I ended up finding, I couldn't really write, which uh. wasn't, had been an issue. It never oh. been an issue for me. Oh. And so I found that there was something underneath. I had a painter friend and I was like, can you help me? That seems fun. Mm. And once I started painting, I was like, oh, wow. Mm. And, and there was something that lined up for me where it felt like it was there all along Mm. in a way that painting is, I mean, it is visual. So people who are who don't see with their eyes, they can touch it. So I have a lot of surface work on my work as well. Mm. But let's just say it's there's a visual aspect to it. But there's something about it being the grounding from which all this other work comes for me. So if it's writing or performing or music or whatnot, it felt like it held all the key. Hmm. I can I can feel that. Mm. And it kind of goes back to the to the way the word imprisons us to some degree, mm-hmm. and or deter like over determines yeah. where we where to go. Even though one word, as you said earlier, you know, means cake. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's there's as many cakes in the minds of humans as there are humans. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. I really enjoy thinking about that. Um, the imagery mm-hmm. and what is beneath, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's really fascinating. It's, it's felt like the river underneath it all. Mm-hmm. And so what I get to do as a visual artist in the way that I do it mm-hmm. is that I'm a fairly monkish, introverted artist when I'm actually creating. Mm-hmm. Some artists are really, they like the performance of actually creating in front of people and mm-hmm. that's not my jam. I like to I like to create privately, but then I love to bring people in to look at the work and be in the place where the work happens, like the studio. I love to do shows. You know, I love to help. I do. I mentor people. Like I said, I love to help people on their own journeys to, you know, expressing their, their own, um, creativity. You mentor people in the field of visual art or in any, oh, that's great. And if someone were interested in finding a mentor, then they could just reach out to you online. Yes, absolutely. I want to remind everybody where you can find Therese on the web. TheresMurdza.com, and if you just spell Murdza properly, M-U-R-D-Z-A, you're going to find her because it's an unusual name. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do an in-person visit, and I'm also noting that you have a video visit for people maybe who aren't yes. able to mm-hmm. get into the studio, that's kind of amazeballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's <laughs> info at TheresMurdza.com. You can mm-hmm. reach out, and Therese, I can imagine she'll probably talk to you. <laughs> she seems you can, pretty you friendly. Can, you can count on it. Yeah. You can count on it. And you've got the show coming up uh, September 7th. Yep. We open up September 7th at Luke's Frame Shop on Albina. Wow. Yep. The show is at, um, the opening will be 5.30 to 8 that oh, night. Oh, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. A and party kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. You yeah. can celebrate with Therese yeah, and I'll say... That happens. Come see the words. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. That'd be good. Yeah. Share some space together. Time just flies by talking Mm -hmm. to you.
was a real delight. And um, thanks for listening. And again, I'll remind you, check out Therese's work on TheseMurza.com. Go to the show at Luke's Frame Shop. Go poke your head into her studio. <laughs> um, go, I mean, have fun, enjoy life, mm-hmm. dive into life. Um, any parting words for us, Therese? Mm, come see me. <laughs> I love it. Let's share, I, let's share some time together. Or I can't save you any money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have a wonderful day. Thanks, Suzanne. I really appreciate this time together. Oh, my pleasure. I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months, and I need your help. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea? 